Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Hey, the Lord's favor grace and blessing be upon all of you in the name of Jesus Christ. All right. So I want to talk to you today about conducting deliverance uh, with whispers and gestures. Um, And I really want you to have an open mind uh, concerning this and um, help me flesh this out as I uh, am going to get into the scriptures and kind of help you guys uh, begin to do a a bit more effective deliverance. Okay. Now, number one, let's jump right into it. Let's jump right into this thing. You could tell that I love deliverance, right? You could hear the giddiness in my voice, right? I'm all excited and rejoicing. I actually, I absolutely love and thoroughly enjoy um, helping people get set free. And um, because there are an innumerable amount of dimensions to deliverance, I'm always looking to go deeper and I'm always looking to become more effective. I'm always looking to sharpen my iron so that way I can do uh, a lot more effective work. Okay, so number one is this. Number one is this, is this. Um, deliverance is not formulas and incantations. Deliverance is not formula um, and incantation. And I think that if you're going to endeavor to grow in the deliverance ministry, you're going to have to understand that people are complex. Uh, the demonic realm is evolving and ever progressing. Um, things don't go the way that it's planned, or it's kind of like the movie Constantine, where Constantine had uh, his sidekick, and it was actor Shia LaBeouf, right? Um, and Constantine told him one day uh, during a a deliverance session where he got hurt, he told him, he said, it's not like the books. If there's anything that I could actually help you understand is that you could read any and you can read as many deliverance books as you could possibly can. But when you're actually confronted by a demon and when you're actually doing conducting deliverance and when you are dealing with people who are difficult to deal with, who might be a mixture of their own personality and rebellion with generational curses and demons, you're going to find that you need wittiness. You're going to need wittiness. You're going to need what we used to call street smarts, a.k.a. Wittiness is the ability to get out of any situation. It's instantaneous wisdom on how to function and to dip and dive. And the first thing you need to understand is is that deliverance is not a formula. Deliverance is not 
uh, uh, an incantation. Now, there are foundational truths uh, that apply in every deliverance session. Obviously, the renouncing, the removing, the refilling, um, and um, allowing, and, to, and the recognizing. Now, those are fundamental truths, but honestly, there are going to be moments where your one, two, three, four, five-step deliverance protocol, um, you know, is actually might start with number three or number five. Instead of one, two, three, four, five, it's going to, it might be, you know, four, three, five, two, one. Um, and you got to be able to be open for that. I learned that. I learned that very, very quickly. And what I learned was this, is that in the beginning, God allows you to follow protocol. He backs you up and he gives you small, small fights with demons that can be removed uh, with your simple three-step formula. But then there comes a time where you start tackling a tough demon. You start dealing with a demon that don't follow protocols. Okay. And not only this, you're going to find that there are going to be moments where there are demons that want to fight you. They like to fight. Not all of them whimper and run. There's some of them that that really uh, want to fight. They, they want to see how far you can go and they're not coming out and they want to see what you know and they they up for the challenge. It's that spirit of Goliath, that spirit of Goliath that's within, uh, the, the spirit of Goliath that's within demons sometimes would, that will cause them uh, to uh, challenge you. So with that being said, um, flowing in deliverance is like wind. It's like oil. It's like water. Catch the metaphors of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a wind. The Holy Spirit is like a dove. The Holy Spirit is like honey. The Holy Spirit is like fire. The Holy Spirit is like uh, new wine. The Holy Spirit is like oil. These symbols are representations of the Holy Spirit. And that's how you have to be uh, like rivers. The Holy Spirit is like rivers. And that's how you have to be when you enter into deliverance. The moment you become mechanical, the moment that you become uh, rigid, the moment you become, uh, you know, uh, three steps to helping a person get set free, you're going to find that there are going to be moments where you are going to be stuck. So it requires you to begin to open yourself up to a place of the total dependence on the Holy Spirit and not what you've learned about deliverance. Deliverance is total dependence on the Holy Spirit to reveal the root of a problem and the strategy to remove the demon. Deliverance is not fighting the darkness, it's turning on the lights. It's it's looking for light patterns. It's the ability to, to go into a place and like Neo from the Matrix, you're looking at things from a binary code light perspective. Did you catch what I'm saying? And And this is leading into what I actually really want to talk to you today about, because if you don't know the, these fundamental uh, principles, which the Bible calls in the book of Hebrews, chapter six, the powers of the age to come, the powers of the age to come, which means you begin to flow like water. You begin to flow like new wine. You begin to be gentle like the Holy Spirit with always in mind that there are fundamental steps that do need to be followed, but you're not limited and you're not bound to those constraints. I have always said this, that the reason why I'm so effective in deliverance and I'm not as effective as I need to be, I'm always ever learning and ever growing. But the reason why I'm as effective as I am is because I've learned the rules 
of deliverance. And once you know the rules of deliverance, you can break those rules. You miss what I just said. You cannot break the rules if you don't know the rules. I know how to manipulate the rules. I know how to bend the rules. I know how to shift the rules. But you got to know the rules uh, before you actually can bend them. Did you catch what I just said? I have to learn the rules of water before I actually walk on the water. Did you catch what I just said? Before I walk on the water, I have to understand the fundamental truth about the water, that water is deadly, that I don't breathe underwater, that I must respect the water, that I that gravity doesn't allow me to, to, to walk underwater. I have to know the rules of the water, causing me to respect the water. But once I learn the rules of the water, I realize that I can bend those rules according to the powers of the age to come. Did you catch what I just said? All right, now watch this. I hope this is getting good. Watch this. With that being said, Acts chapter 19 talks about a dimension in deliverance that very few have tapped into it, and I've only tapped into it maybe once or twice, but I know that it works. And it's this. You keep thinking that in order to remove the demon, you must have the person renounce. Fundamentally, that is true. But um, in kingdom, that fundamental truth can be bended. What do I mean by that? Acts chapter 19 says that Paul prayed for handkerchiefs and aprons. We in modern evangelicalism have only focused on the healing aspect. The next verse says, listen to me, read the Bible. The next verse says, and demons came out screaming. Wait a second. That means that it is not absolutely necessary to have a person have to renounce. Now repeat after me. Say Jesus. Say Satan, I renounce you. I do that stuff because of the religious spirit. Whenever I'm doing mass deliverance, when I'm traveling all over the country and doing that stuff, and you see my videos that I say, repeat after me, Heavenly Father. I'm only doing that because of the religious spirit and modern evangelicals don't know how to flow like water. They only know how to flow with instructions and rules. But there are moments in my house where I don't do that stuff. I go right into a look and a gesture, which we're going to get into a little bit more. Uh, but I need you to, I need to paint this out exegetically. So that way you can see everything I'm saying is coming from scripture. Okay. Now watch this. Now watch this. The Bible says in the book, in the book of Acts, that in the book of Acts, that when Paul anointed the handkerchiefs, demons came out screaming. Right there is a fundamental rule of deliverance of renouncing being bended and broken. Did you catch it? Because we don't find aprons are an inanimate object housed with the anointing. The apron, did you catch what I just said? The apron is not a real thing. It is a piece of cloth that has been sanctified and set apart to house uh, the presence of God in the in a point of, as a point of contact or as a carrier or conduit of his glory. When these aprons that Paul and the early apostles prayed for touched the bodies of those who were demon possessed, the Bible says with no repeat after me, Satan, I renounce you. The Bible says with no words, just a touch from an apron, 
the devil, now watch this, the anointing was so powerful. The demon didn't leave silently. The Bible says the demon left screaming. That sounds like a deliverance session without having to do a deliverance session. Now watch this. Why am I sharing this with you? Because you keep thinking that when I show up to a building that I'm doing deliverance while I'm preaching. You have no idea that when I walk in a room, I'm already conducting deliverance with a handshake. When I'm embracing a pastor and I know the pastor's off and God sent me there, they might not know it and God has told me, you're gonna help this man or woman get delivered, give them a hug in a salutation. They have no idea that in the salutation, I just helped them get delivered from pornography and I did not have to tell them and I did not have to reveal it to them. Y'all keep thinking that I'm doing deliverance when I'm actually starting to preach. There are moments that as soon as I get off that plane and I'm picked up in a car and when I see the pastor, when I see the first lady or when I walk into the church room or when I'm sitting on a seat and watch this, sometimes the pastor will give me their seat that they normally sit in. They have no idea when I sat down, I just broke the spirit of Jezebel in that house while I sat down on a chair without having to teach a message on Jezebel. Did you catch what I just said? Half of y'all that invited me had no idea that I was conducting deliverance on y'all when y'all invited me. You missed it, what I just said. Hey, hey, half of these venues that invite me, I know why I'm invited. They think that I'm on a venue to attract followers, but I'm sent there by heaven. And because I have confidentiality from heaven, and because I know how to conduct deliverance without conducting deliverance, they think that they're being honorable to me, but they have no idea that while I'm sitting on a chair... I'm rebuking their micromanaging. They have no idea. They have no idea that when I'm sitting with them in dinner with Cracker Barrel or Olive Garden, they have no idea that, you know, that while I'm talking with them and when I'm joking with them, I'm actually conducting deliverance on them without them even realizing it. Did you catch what I just said? With a, with a simple handshake, with a simple, yo, pass me that water, give me that straw. Sometimes I give them my straw instead of them giving me their straw. And they have no idea when I touch my straw and I say, here, here's your straw. You know, they have no idea that I just finished anointing that straw. So while they're drinking their water or drinking their drink, they have no idea that I'm, that the anointing is cleansing their cursing. Man, you're not ready for this, man. Shekerebe shukotorabaka. Baby, I don't, we don't play, we don't play checkers in this thing. We are snipers in deliverance. And there is a way to conduct deliverance without having to let the person know that you're conducting deliverance because you're protecting the integrity of the person and, and you have bended the rules of deliverance to understand that demons don't respond to the name of Jesus. They respond in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm greeting you in the name of Jesus, even though I'm having to say, come out in Jesus' name. Am I talking good here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Apostle Pagani, it's so great to meet you. Wow. And I'll be like, come here. Come here, give me a hug. Y'all that know me, that meet me in real life, know for a fact that I'm a hugger. You have no idea why I'm hugging you. I don't even know you. But you have no idea the Holy Spirit said hug him right now. And sometimes I hug him and I tap him on the back. And when I pull up my hand down, I'm actually pulling off a bondage off of them. Because there is a level of deliverance that can be done in a gesture when you know your authority. Let me help you help you understand this with a parable. Those of you that have children know that you can get your children delivered from bad behavior by simply walking in a room and looking at them. 
You just look at them. And when you look at them, what happens? They correct their behavior. You see them scurrying all over the room. Uh, uh, yeah, mama. Yeah, mama. You see them, you see, by a look. You didn't have to go in there yelling. Yelling is a sign that somebody lost control. You could just give a look. You could give a look, a gesture, a gesture. Do you know that there are moments I come into my house as a pastor and I know when somebody got a demon on them and I look at them from across the room and I'm, I give them a look and I, and I try to get their intention when they look at me. I smile at them. I look at them and I smile and I, and I give them that look and, and immediately they put their head down and they start crying. Why? Deliverance in a gesture. Deliverance in a gesture. I sit down on a seat and I anoint the seat without them even realizing it. I remember one time I went to a funeral. I went to a funeral for my old, uh, my old denomination. My old denomination, which is a religious denomination and somebody that we love had died and I, and I was gonna go and I knew that everybody there was gonna be religious. Do you know what I did? I took my pomegranate anointing oil and I anointed my hands so hard that when I walked in, I gave a God bless you handshake to almost everybody. Hey, God bless you. It's good to see you. Hey, God bless you. Good to see you. Hey, God bless you. Good to see you. Halfway through the funeral, I heard somebody say, man, do you smell that? Wow, it smells beautiful in here. They had no idea because I was not going to go to that funeral and they were going to be a, a boring funeral, you know, because, you know, religious funerals be boring, boring as heck. I was like, we're going to we're going to celebrate the life of this man. I literally spread that joy throughout the whole funeral. Me and my wife, me and my wife, they had no idea they were walking away all oily and stuff All oily. They had no idea. There is, there is a level of deliverance that is in a gesture. That is in a gesture. Come on, y'all. Y'all, 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 we ain't playing here. We are not playing. And you keep thinking, now the reason why you have to learn this dimension, I could keep going there. I can literally keep going there. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 20, Jesus folded the napkin. Do you know that you could, you could grab an article of clothing? You could fold something and be like, here, take this. You'd be like, here, put this coat on. Let me grab your coat. Let me grab your coat for you, my brother. And while you, when, when you grab the coat, you're, you put your hands on it. Now, you don't have to sit there and go. No, when you grab it, you're already imparting. Imparting like father when they put this coat on. Deliver them from their burden because I see that my brother's looking down today. Demon, get off. You could do that in a split second. You could do that in a split second. Well, you say, let me grab your coat for you. Let me help you put this on, man. Man of God, come here. Did you catch what I just said? Did you, did you catch this? Baby, listen, there's so much revelation I have on deliverance the body of Christ is not ready for. I got so much stuff that if I release it now, y'all think I'm a heretic. There is a deliverance where a look, you can look. You can walk in a room and give a look. I've done it. I've done it once. I walked in and I just gave a look. And I literally told the demon in a look, get out in Jesus name. I got to be dumbing down my level of deliverance because folk ain't ready. Folk is religious. Folk be like, folk be so stuck with black letters on white pages. I've never seen that before. That's heresy. That might be witchcraft. No, you just unbelieving and you in a dead church. Did you catch what I just said? 
Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Thank you, Father. Now, the reason, the next reason why you must learn this, this, this level, of, this dimension of deliverance, of gestures and whispers is because of this. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, I am going to share with you about things that I have done. When I'm dealing with someone who is bound by pornography that, or incest or bestiality or some craziness where they raped and touched somebody. You don't sit there and in front of everybody in a deliverance session, even if it's one-on-one -on -one in front of your intercessor, and be like, come out, you spirit of incest, leave now. Spirit of, you, done it, you done got the demon out, but now another demon of embarrassment done went in the person. That's not how you do this. There are moments, listen to me, there are moments when the sin and the demon is so, so depraved and diabolical and so shameful and sinful that you must rebuke the devil in a whisper. I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. They've been on the floor, slithering like a floor, like a snake. And I know demon of masturbation. And I'm just looking at and my and my deliverance workers, uh, with the exception of my wife, me and my wife are 100 percent honest. And if you can't handle me and my wife uh, just telling each other straight up, then don't come to deliverance with me and my wife, because me and my wife don't hide anything from each other. But if I'm with someone who is not my wife, I have to be discreet when I'm doing deliverance. So so, uh, you know, when I when I see this porn or lust or incest or bestiality or some craziness, some foolishness or whatever, you know, you know, we keep thinking that people are rape victims. I deal with people in deliverance who are the predators. And I, and I don't want to get them embarrassed by saying demon of rape that made them touch their cousin or brother. I'm not going to say that out loud. So you know what I do while they're on the floor? I'm whispering it. That's why I always have soft music playing. I'm whispering it. I'm literally saying you unclean spirit of incest. Come out now in Jesus name. Spirit of incest. I sever the curse. Of incest come out now in the name of Jesus I break the generational curse of pornography come out now out and take your buddies with you in Jesus name I start talking like that I start talking like that I start talking like that right there in a room I'm like come out now in the name of Jesus and sometimes Sometimes I've learned the art of ventriloquism. What do I mean? That I could talk and not move my lip and I'd be like, come on now in Jesus name. Why? Because I don't want my intercessor who's in training to read my lips. So I'll be like, come out now in the name of Jesus. And what happened? They can't read my lips, but the devil heard me. You keep, if you keep thinking that the devil needs to hear decibels, then you missed it. The devil, listen, the devil does not need decibels. The devil in deliverance doesn't need decibels. If you, if you think you have to, you have to, nothing frustrates me more in deliverance than watching people scream at demons. You want to get me frustrated and stop a deliverance? I, I did it on Sunday. Some of my people got caught up a little bit with the little, with the yelling stuff. I was like, hey. I did it right in front of everybody. I don't care. Hey, stop that. Don't do that. I taught you better than that. If you can't handle 
being rebuked apostolically out of love for training, then don't come under me and don't come and don't join my school and don't be a spiritual son and daughter of mine. Because when it comes to deliverance, if I see it and I taught you better, I'm going to say, hey, what you doing? I taught you better than that. And if you're going to be on that, oh, apostle offended me, I'm going to leave. Bye. You the one that's going to miss out because I'm trying to I'm trying to change. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. And the reason why you have to learn to move and function like this, because when a demon is manifesting on a subway and on a bus, you can't get up and be like, I command thee by the authority of Jesus. Come out, baby. That's just you trying to do a show. Sometimes you can just sit there and you see the devil acting up. You see these wild kids coming on the bus, coming on the subway, and you really could, you could sense that you could sense evil. You can sense that evil coming on the bus. You're like, oh, these kids are up to no good. And you'd be right there, Satan, I bind you now in the name of Jesus. Let me give you an example. Also, sometimes uh, uh, a look could stop a demon. People could walk in and they have that thing on them. And you give them that look like you better not play yourself today. You better not act up today. And people will shut down. People will shut down very quickly. I'll be looking at people. You know, I'll be looking at people like, uh, oh, you ain't going, you ain't going to act. You ain't going to do this little on the floor, slithering like a snake in front of everybody wanting attention. Not today. Not today. You know, I'll be letting people, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'll be letting people know. I give them that look like, hey, why? Because I don't have authority in Christ. I am authority. I am, uh, I am his body. Behold, I said, you are God's. Psalm 82, John chapter 10, verse 42. Jesus said, behold, I said, you are God's. So when I'm ex executing deliverance, when I'm executing and when you're executing deliverance, you're not doing so from a place of authority. You're doing so because you are the authority. Whatever you bind on earth, which means whatever you don't allow, whatever you loose on earth, Whatever you permit on earth, which means this, I permit on earth and I don't permit on earth, not Jesus. He does the heaven part. I do the earth part. Whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I will loose in heaven. I do the binding on earth, not Jesus. I do the binding. I do the loosing. And he backs me up in heaven and then demons come out and then the angels enforce that. Now, if that statement bothers you, you religious, you got an orphan spirit and you need deliverance because then what does that mean? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. You, you need to get delivered from false humility. We need to get delivered from false humility here. We need to get delivered from false humility here. And that's why the devil's wrecking havoc in our home. Talking about, Lord, you do it. Lord, you do it. And God is, you know, and nothing happens. And God is looking at you saying, oh, you do it. You do it. And I'll back you up. You do it. And I'll enforce your word. You speak it. You decree it. And I'll fulfill it. You stop it. And I'll enforce it. You release it. And I'll perpetuate it. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Man, we got to get to that next level, y'all. We do. We do. And it's in a whisper, in a whisper. I'm here to tell you that anything beyond the normal way to do deliverance. And if there's yelling, I'm telling you that if the deliverance has gotten into yelling and uh, displays of power, uh, con you know, that, you know, that stuff, you know, that, that, that stuff that we, you know, you know, the, the yelling matches, I'm telling you. 
by the authority of the courtroom of heaven. When a deliverance session has gotten into that place, somebody's trying to show off. Somebody is trying to show off. True humility is, watch this, is not the same as true meekness. When you conduct deliverance, you're not doing it. Let me say this. Let me say this and then I'm done. Then I'm done. Notice how humility is not a fruit of the spirit. Let me say that again. Nine gifts of the spirit. None of them are humility. Let that sink in. I'm going to let, I'm going to, I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit. Humility is not a fruit of the spirit. Humility is not a fruit of the spirit. I'm going to keep saying it until you get it. There are nine gifts of the spirit. Humility is not one. Why? Because when you conduct deliverance, you function in meekness. Meekness. Meekness is not humility. Meekness is regulated power. Meekness is not humility. That's why Jesus said, come unto me, all who are heavy laden, for I am meek and humble in heart. There's a big difference. There's a difference. Jesus was humble and meek. Humbleness is not a fruit. Meekness is a fruit. Meekness is regulated power, which means I know I got power and I'm moderating it. I'm functioning in in it in a moderated fashion, which means when I need to move and function in it, I'm going to function in it. And I'm not going to recant because some silly churchy friends of ours and some corny, unbelieving Facebook preacher friends of ours are watching and we're trying to impress them with our, you know, I give Jesus all of the glory stuff. You know why we say stuff like that? It's not, Jesus already knows you're never going to take his glory because you love him too much. You know why we say that stuff? To impress other Christians. That's why we say that stuff. I give Jesus all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. We say that stuff not for God. We say that stuff so that people could know that we don't take his glory because we're still trying to impress people. That's why I hardly have to say it. I live it. I live it. I live giving him the glory because I couldn't cast out a flea without Jesus. And I'm done having to impress my preacher friends who probably don't like me anyway, but who ghost watch my stuff. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I'm done. And, and so should you. Meekness is not humbleness. Meekness is I walk in authority. The Bible does not say Moses was the most humble man on the earth. The Bible says Moses was the most meekest man, which means he had the most power on the earth. And yet he flowed in a regulated fashion, regulated fashion. And, and, and half of the stuff we say is because we grew up in these storefront Pentecostal, ultra conservative legalism on steroids churches. And we still haven't detoxed from that stuff. Did you catch what I just said? So we go in a room and we got to say Jesus 50 times. Come out, Jesus. Come out of them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus. And Jesus. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. Come out. In Jesus' name. And if you ultra conservative and super Pentecostal, Jesus, you start screaming. And if you old school Spanish, blah, 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 
you start doing all of that stuff and you don't, you already know. And Jesus, say Jesus, say Jesus. And you put the mic to their mouth and say Jesus. Okay. She said Jesus. She got delivered. Jesus, Jesus, come out in Jesus name. 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 Come on y'all. Come on. Come on. Stop. Stop that. Stop that. That's why it don't work. And then you start getting spooky. Bring me the prayer shawl. Bring me the prayer shawl and the oil. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Why don't you do it in the blood, in the name of the blood of Jesus? And say, come out of the, come out of them now in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. Come out of that body in Jesus' name. That's it. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Pass me the prayer shawl. Pass me the tillit. And you start putting tillits on people. And pass me the phylactery. Give me the phylactery. Give me the oil. Give me the oil. And now you pour half the bottle. Mess up their stoop. Mess up their weave. Mess up their haircut. Mess up their beard. Mess up their new shirt. Now they got to take it to the cleaners. And they can't get it out. Because you got fake anointing oil that came from Abel oil. And the Abel oil don't come from Israel. It comes from a factory somewhere in the U.S., you're not ready for this because you keep thinking it's words. You keep thinking that it's incantation and it's actually in a name, the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. When you conduct deliverance and you know that dimension you realize, like Paul, I can't go to all these people's houses because I'm on an assignment over here. But bring me those handkerchiefs and aprons. And Father, we anoint these handkerchiefs and aprons and we rebuke the forces of darkness that when these aprons and handkerchiefs touch ailing bodies and demonized souls, we commanded the devil to come out in Jesus' name. Okay, now go and get, go give these aprons out. And the Bible says unusual miracles started happening. Unusual miracles started happening. Unusual miracles started. And guess what? The devil got out of bodies without nobody having to come and say in Jesus' name. I'm done. Don't play with Pagani. I'm 20 years ahead of the body of Christ when it comes to deliverance. And so that no one thinks that's so boastful to Jesus be all of the glory, all of the honor and all of the praise because he is the ultimate revelator and he is the ultimate deliverer and he is the ultimate illuminator who sets people free. Ah. I'm done. And I dropped my own mic in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you guys. My name is Alexander Pagani. I'm going to leave this video. I'm the lead pastor of Amazing Church located here in the South Bronx, New York City, a.k.a. He is Risen Tabernacle. We're under the covering of Jabula New Life Ministries. My apostolic father and overseer is Apostle and Bishop Tuda Bismarck, I greet you in Jabula joy and in Jabula name. All right. And everything I said is 100% sola scriptura, where the Bible is the sole authority for all faith and conduct. Love you guys. I see ya. I'm out. H-I-R-T, I love ya. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. 
Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.